Hello, Illuminate intercessory team. The part of Pastor Drew this week will be played by Eileen. So um, I'm really excited to make sure that Pastor Drew and his family get a good vacation. And one way to do that is for me to provide the summary for chapter three in our book of um, spiritual mapping or breaking spiritual strongholds in your city. So um, I'll take all the grace you're willing to offer me and I will use notes. Um, but I have really been excited about learning more about just this concept of spiritual mapping and spiritual strongholds, especially when it, when we talk about a city, um, I just remember, I know, I believe, and I cannot let go. We are clearly in a spiritual battle, right? We are, we are not fighting against flesh and blood in this. It's way more complicated than that. We are fighting against rulers, authorities, principalities of the dark world. So I have known that for a really long time, even as um, maybe even before I was a Christian, I just knew that there was a, a battle going on um, that, that might be hidden to many. But so it really resonated with me when we started talking about, um, you know, having these battles in the gates of heaven and understanding some of the legalities and, and some of the rules um, that that govern how the gates of heaven and how heaven is is run. So um, I've really been fascinated and so excited to read. I actually read a book um, by Peter Wagner called Praying with Power, where I learned a lot more about individual praying. Um, but now spiritual mapping uh, at a citywide level, like I'm so excited. One of the things though that keeps coming to me is we really need each other. Like this is not a one person show. This is not a super prior person um, who's going to be able to fight this battle. Like we really need each other. So I love that we have a group going through this and um, look forward to your comments and your thoughts. So a few things that have resonated with me really strongly so far are just learning that the dark spirits are different regionally, right? And, and that they could be very different city to city and state to state and nation to nation. And they're based on they get their residency and their right to take up residence based on sins of the past. So that's been really, that's been really interesting. Another thing that's really struck me is how much more powerful we are and how much more powerful our prayers are when we know their names, right? Like, it's kind of like all you kids do the right thing is way less powerful than Eileen do it. Right. It's, it's just really much more powerful. So um, I love that we, we should get to know their names and then pray against them very specifically. Um, the other thing that's been really intriguing to me is the fact that we need to uncover some of these corporate sins or injustices that have been committed on the land, in the area, um, you know, even parts that have now become part of the culture of the city and, and they become so much a part of the culture that we don't even question them anymore. Um, I think that has been a real eye opener. Um, but then once we identify these things, we can repent for the past, right? We can break the bonds. We can break the chains um, so that God can close that hole where Satan's been getting in. So just kind of love that. I am really excited to learn more. I'm excited to engage with our team. Um, you know, we all have a role, no matter what your role is, like you're, like you're a big part of this. I told a few of the um, intercessors a, a, a story about a personal story that was kind of 
um, struck me as I was reading the book and I was laying in bed one night, you know, I'll be honest, I, you know, kind of disappointed that I'm not seeing revival in my own family, that I am feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not saying enough. We're not doing enough as a, as a couple. And literally the God, the Lord encouraged me, you know, and he said, listen, what you're working on with the intercessory team at Illuminate for Greater Orlando is going to have a monstrous impact, right? Way more monstrous than your family, Eileen, way more exponential than just, you know, the few people in your family that you continue to pray for. So I was, I was totally motivated by that because, you know, basically when Satan has a stronghold, people's eyes can't be opened, their hearts can't be opened. So when we pray against these strongholds, we're making it possible that people will open their eyes and their hearts. So that really encouraged me. And I hope, I hope that that really encourages you. So let me start with just some, some thoughts from chapter three. So um, actually there's a definition from chapter two of spiritual mapping is, and this is a quote, an attempt to see the world around it, around us as it really is, not as it appears. And if you haven't checked out the summary of our prayer walk around um, the Orlando Stadium, I would really encourage you to check it out. We saw so many instances of things that were not as they appear to be. Um, and I'll let you read that document, but like, you know, the happiest place on earth. Um, there were uh, words used that were misspelled and misrepresented, but things you know, we just kind of got really a clear picture of things are not as they seem. Um, so one of the things when I dove into chapter three, first of all, Cindy Jacobs, um, a book of hers was recommended to me. It's called The Voice of God. And then, of course, I'm a book reader. So when I read the chapter, there's like two more books I want to read, but I'm, I'm promising myself I'm not going to call it Amazon today. Um, but I loved her prayer at the beginning of chapter three. Her prayer when she went into a city and she tells a really cool story about Rosario, Argentina. Her prayer was, I prayed for the Lord to reveal the secret and hidden things in the city. It's like, wow, what, what a cool prayer. Like, God, give me your eyes, right? Let, let me see what you want me to see. Um, so I thought that was a really cool prayer. And um, her story about Rosario Argentina was so interesting. And it's an example of how when you identify what she called um, the city's spiritual founder, um, and by the way, it wasn't Jesus, um, but she could lead once they identified this imposter, basically, she led the pastors in that city to pay to pray for repentance and forgiveness. And so that and I love this wording, too, so that Satan's captives were released into the kingdom of heaven. Like what? I mean, that just that just makes me so excited. Um, it made me think about how critical it is for us to uncover and understand and really deeply understand the real history of Orlando and the culture and the city and how we got where we are before we can work backward, right? So um, spiritual mapping is, is a tool and it's gonna help us identify inroads that Satan has made, which prevent evangelism from having an impact, right? So we need to start identifying these strongholds where Satan has put a chink in the armor or a hole in the, in the armor, um, where he's made false claims, right? He doesn't have authority, but he's got power and his power comes from us. When he makes a false claim and we believe it, we've given him access, right? We've given him access. And then of course he fortifies himself. 
he's he's tricky right um satan really loves it and he he gains an advantage when he can make it seem as if some of his lies are just part of the culture right just the way it's always been like this in orlando it's always been like this in davenport it's always been like this in celebration so it will never change that's a lie of satan that he has fortified right that he's made stronger and stronger but our prayers can release the region from these influences how exciting is that but we need to know what we're fighting against so um cindy jacobs in this chapter and um i'll just kind of quickly run through them i'm not an expert in any of these by the way actually i'm not an expert in anything that i'm talking about I'm just letting God and prayed over the words and just letting God do his work um, and happy to do it. But um, Cindy Jacobs uh, listed nine different types of strongholds. And the first one she said was um, that she's identified in her study, like the people in the book that Pastor Drew mentioned at the beginning, like they are spiritual warriors, um, as are we, but they have a deep expertise in an area that, uh, you know, most of us, and including me for sure, is just starting in. So um, the personal strongholds are something in our own life that's really got a hold, whether it's a belief system, uh, whether it's a habit, whether it's a sin that keeps coming back, back um, feelings that we have that literally aren't from God. That's a personal stronghold that, again, they start to become part of who we think we are. And when they live there long enough and we think, I can't change, that's just who I am right? That is Satan talking. That is Satan reinforcing a lie that he's already told. So um, what we need to do with those personal strongholds, and this is going to be a theme, um, but we need to like step aside, let pride go, repent. And literally what that allows God to do is close up the holes in our armor, right? I can put on that belt of truth and that breastplate of righteousness, but if I've got a hole in my armor, there's somewhere Satan can get in. And I like to think about like a recurring sin or a recurring habit or a bad thought, thought pattern, like that's a whole. So that's the personal strongholds. This one I thought was really interesting. She separates a personal stronghold from a stronghold of the mind and literally strongholds of the mind. If you ask me to, to summarize it, I would just say limited thinking, right? Not a growth mindset, not an abundance mindset, not a anything is possible through God mindset, actually just the opposite. Um, it's, it's believing we can't change. It's believing we can't change other things. It's believing actually that God can't change those things. Right. So it's, it's a stronghold and a quote in there that I actually shared with pastor Christine earlier this week. Cause I feel like, you know, there's a lot going on and in the body. And I think a lot of parts of the body are being attacked. Um, and I came across this quote and I was like, oh my gosh, I just feel like that's, she's speaking right to us. Her quote says, Satan doesn't mind if we have a little bread and water and a few visitors, right? A couple Sundays, we get a few visitors. That's great. But he gets very unhappy if we determine we want to influence our whole city. And I read that and I thought, oh my gosh, we've totally said that over and over. We've said very boldly, we want to impact greater Orlando and help them find abundant life in Jesus. Satan doesn't like that, right? He doesn't have authority, but he does not like that and he can fight. And so I, I, I do think, um, again, I, I just, I see that as something being really relevant. So we're going to step out and we're going to continue to say, we're going to have an impact through God to help people in Orlando find Jesus, but we better be prayed up 
and prayed up around each other and for each other because Satan is not happy and he's not going to go down easy, right? So we need to claim that authority by getting to know what the strongholds are, what the demons' names are, and then pray right against them because we do have authority through Jesus. So that was strongholds of the mind. Um, the next few, I don't know a lot about, but I'm getting, you know, I'll encourage you. She's going to, um, there's just a couple of paragraphs on each one. Um, one of them is ideological strongholds or, or what she called worldviews, which made sense to me, like a Marxist worldview, a Darwinian worldview, or even she talked about how um, Hitler created this worldview and she used the words that bewitched an entire company. And I've thought about that often. I'm like, how did those amazing people from Germany get bewitched? And, but she talks about how this, it was an, it became an ideological stronghold. Um, obviously demonic. Um, she talked also specifically about an occultic um, stronghold, and that was a very specific example in Argentina, and I have read some others where it was very specific around um, witchcraft, sorcery, and um, other parts of the occult getting, getting a foothold in a city or a, or a country. Um, social strongholds, this one I think is something I want to pray about more, just given the current state of our country. But it is um, oppression that happens that starts to make people not believe that God cares about them. If there was a God in heaven, there would not be all of this going on all over the world. And so that is a, um, a social stronghold. Like we, we start to think about that like as a people. We, the church, can demolish that stronghold by acting totally against it, by being the feet of Jesus, by going out onto the streets, by feeding people who need food, by housing people who need housing, by clothing people who need clothing, you know, showing them that Jesus in fact does love them and has sent us to show them that love. That's, that's one way that we as a church can break these social strongholds. Love that. Um, the, 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 the next two, I'm not, I'm not again, you know, an expert on, but I, but I, they make me think one of them is strongholds between a city and a church. When a city, uh, when a church is in a city and the city and the church think of each other as enemies, that's a problem. That's a foot for Satan. That's a seat for Satan, actually. So, you know, as if the church and the, and the city see, the, see themselves as enemies, that's going to be a problem. That's a way in. That's how Satan gets in, right? He gets permission because we haven't stepped up in authority. Um, the seats of Satan, this is really specifically about um, when demons, I guess, earn the right or get permission to come in and take control of a territory. So the territorial um, spirits, again, I'll leave that one to the experts. Um, and then the sectarian, again, kind of hit me because a sectarian stronghold is basically when Satan is successful in dividing us as a body. So dividing us in our church, separating us from other Christian churches, right? And other believers, whenever Satan can divide us, yeah, think COVID, think masks, think politics, think the second amendment, think whatever other amendment you want to think about. Satan is winning when he divides us. And I really liked um, Cindy's questions at the end of this one. And she said, you know, what do you think God's going to ask you about when you get to the gates of heaven? Do you think he's going to ask, did you wear Burks? 
to church? Or did you wear a fancy hat and fancy clothes? Or did you take communion? Did you use real wine or did you use grape juice? And when you had people pray, you know, did you um, talk about healing and the possibility or did you say, oh, that was old school? Do you think he's going to ask any of those questions? And um, I don't think so. And Cindy Jacobs doesn't think so either. She gave, she, she said two questions she thinks he's going to ask. Number one, are you born again? Number two, have you been washed in the blood of Jesus? Like, do you accept him as your savior? That's it. All that other stuff, I like to call that, that's us majoring in the minors. We pick the smallest stuff and we try to break off groups and say, you know, oh, that's them, that's not us. That's them, that's not us. That's a sectarian stronghold. And that gives Satan access. So those were the nine different kinds of strongholds. Um, again, kind of an overview chapter of the different types of strongholds. I um, want to share, and I think this was at the beginning of the book too, but I'm, I'm really clinging to 2 Chronicles 7.14 as we, as we march around um, uh, greater Orlando and just, and, and really follow the calling. Um, 2 Chronicles 7.14 is, says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. So humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive them and I will heal their land. Like, that's a promise. So I'm going to, I'm going to just keep that in my heart and um, keep praying it. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a battle cry for us. Our to-do list literally as intercessors, as we attempt to have a godly impact on greater Orlando is number one, identify the sins of the nations and the cities that produce the strongholds. Like I can't wait to dig into the history of Orlando. What happened in that city? Who was here before we were here and what happened to them? Right. What potential what potential sins and injustices have been have been um, committed. And, and once we've identified all of those strongholds, we need to take steps in prayer. Right. Naming them, claiming the authority in Jesus name and God will heal our land. So I can't believe we're only in chapter three. I've already learned so much. Um, but I hope we're going to post this on Teams. So I'm really looking forward to um, hearing what the rest of you are getting out of the chapters. And thank you, Pastor Drew, for allowing me to do this. And I hope everybody has a great day.